This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. This is... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, welcome to Front Office Features. This is Rob Crane, as always, with uh, Chris Valente. <laughs> Chris, how are you? Uh, much better now, Rob. <laughs> uh, I watched You've done Tiger- your homework. You've done your homework. I did. I watched Tiger King in two days. Uh, I watched three episodes the first time. I, was, I texted you in the beginning. I was like, all right, I'm not kind of in on this. And you said, just hold off. Hold off. You'll be all right. And that was like 13 minutes in, and then it just switched, and I was like, I'm so in on this. Uh, I don't care about anything else. I watched three episodes that night with my wife, and then we watched the other four the next night. Um, yep. And we were up till 12, 30, 1 o'clock. That's late for us now. And watching uh, Tiger King. So a handful of thoughts off the bat before yep. we get into anything. Okay. Carol killed her husband. 100%. Without and fed him to the tigers. And she talked about sardine oil or some shit in the middle of it. Like, yep. totally, totally fed him to the tigers. Totally fed him. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, that guy is dead and was fed to tigers without question. Um, the whole thing was insane. Banana land, as you like to say. Banana land. Banana land. Banana land. It was craziness. And single-handedly, not that I watch a lot of TV shows. Right, so my thing is, uh, I, I can't be the, the 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 status person here, but the ending shots at the end with that guy driving the jet ski with his hair flowing and the glasses on. <laughs> Kenny Powers, bro, it was Kenny Powers. Was unbelievable. And at the end, the whole thing was crazy. At the end, like you start becoming numb to craziness. Is like the one guy who was like worked at the zoo all that time with uh, Joe Exotic. Like, he had a skeleton sitting shotgun in his car (laughs) for no reason, right? It was just like, but you expected that to be normal. And I, the guy ran for governor. He got like 19% of the vote. Which is, Oklahoma might have to cross off our list, too, for listenership. good He ran for president. Forget governor, he ran for president. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I was so into it. I told you. It's like there's one thing you just can't you can't turn your head like it's it's a train wreck. It's like crack TV. You know it's bad for you, but you just got to keep oh watching. Oh my god. And then the two husbands that weren't really gay and then the 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 uh then the one guy goes <laughs> and gets a cover-up tattoo of like proper it said like property of Joe Exotic oh, on yeah, his stomach, yeah. but it didn't cover up his whole nope. tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, have the guy god. shot himself in the head in oh front of another guy. The guy Travis. The, yeah, Travis Shot himself in the head in front of his campaign manager. Yes, who is from Walmart and, a, and just a store clerk at Walmart who became his campaign manager. And oh my god! And it was oh, and 
Jeff Lowe doesn't even show up till episode four. Jeff Lowe's the biggest scumbag that probably is on the face of the earth. I think he com- they completely completely set up Joe. I don't believe Joe actually hired Alan to go kill Carol. I don't think he. I think he just talks a big game. He was an entertainer. I don't actually think he was trying to kill her. But I Besi- think Joe blew up his. Uh, do you think? I, I think Joe. Oh, he blew definitely up blew up. Studio. He definitely blew up his stuff. That's not even a question. But I don't think he actually paid the $30,000 to go have her killed. I think it was a complete setup by Alan and uh, Jeff. Because Jeff Jeff admitted to him, he's like, I just pushed him in that direction. And like I just kept coercing I'm like, how did this guy get off? How did Scott Free and that Alan guy, um, the best part of that, like that guy was a lunatic. And when you look at that guy, he's, he's like, a yeah, weirdo. That guy people. Yeah, he's um, a weirdo. But they interview him at the end, taking a bath. <laughs> yeah, so there was there was some just great uh, parts of that. <laughs> that just the made producer, me laugh. the guy that used to be the producer who was doing the documentary. How about so that guy was doing the doc? The guy that talked like he had a, a mm-hmm. TV voice, and he was that guy was that yeah. dude. Rick, you know he was a crackhead. No, but uh, that was yeah. So great. I went and read up. He 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 became a crackhead after he was doing his Dateline and all that other stuff. He became a crackhead. Oh, so that's why he was with the band of misfits. It was, uh, it was must see TV that you couldn't stop watching, and it was like I told you, it's a much needed distraction with everything we got dealing on right now. It took your mind off of everything else that was happening in the world, and you were just living in this ex- Joe Exotic, Carol Baskins, and then Doc Antler. We haven't even talked about Doc Antler. <laughs> this that, dude is that, running a sex cult. <laughs> that cult, it's a cult. And one of the funny things was Amy and I were watching on Netflix. They have like these little twenty-minute things called Explained, and one of the ones we watched was cults. And we were like, we were just talking about this. That these specific things were his wives up. were gorgeous, unbelievable. His wives were like very attractive. His it wives. Was, it was, it was, it, he, he was at, so the, uh, this has surfaced recently. He was in a picture with Britney Spears at the VMAs when she came out and did her slave for you. He brought the tiger. Um, he was the guy who brought the tiger to the VMAs. Amazing. It was great. It was great. Everyone, I, if you I haven't watched it, we just spoiled the hell out of it for you, but you got to go watch it just to get, understand what we're talking about because it's, it's, it's much needed in a time of chaos to just feel better about your life and your situation that you're not <laughs> that you're not these people. Yeah, the the uh, guy, the one girl. I, she, well, she's transgender, so no, it was a girl, girl or guy kicked, uh, who came back to work in four or five days after getting her arm ripped off. Yes, and that was like the least. Uh, it was like, yeah, the guy was like, yeah, she, uh, arm ripped off, and it was like, wait, and then you came back in four days. I don't know what's going on, uh, but it was like it was almost something you skimmed over. And the best part, I was reading something after, and then it was like Joe Exotic was working, and then when the tiger ripped her arm off, he went over and grabbed like this big, heavy, like EMT coat to wear just to yeah. make sure that he looked good during. And he's like, "I'm thing. never going to financially recover from." This. Like it was, it, it was a train wreck of epic proportions, and they, I'm sure there'll be a two now because this thing has been so popular. I'm sure they'll and, do it too. And I saw the Tampa police uh, started back up the. Uh, Investigation, investigation to Carol's to husband. Carol, she was the craziest one of the whole bunch. I she was the cra- she Carol, scared me more than anyone. No, I was not in the. Uh, she was. Uh, she is a lunatic. So fun they fact. Were all lunatics. Fun fact. Former guest of Front Office Features, Brian Specia, 
oh, has shit. volunteered at Big Cat Rescue four times. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because everyone does it down there. They think it's just like corporate outing because he worked for Tampa Bay. So they would go and do like these these volunteers. Everyone that went to Big Cat Rescue was volunteers. Yeah. He was like the light blue shirt. He was light blue. He, <laughs> he, he volunteered at Big Cat Rescue. <laughs> that's, that's the best thing I've heard today. And then... Uh, one of our my colleagues at Fenway Sports, Tommy Austin, is from Florida as well. He knew about Big Cat Rescue and said all his friends have been volunteers down there too, and they go and hang out with the cats. It's like crazy. What a yes. world this is. So if you haven't watched, we just gave you the Cliff Notes version. You still should go watch. It's on Netflix, Tiger King. Go watch it. Talk to us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Start following, liking. We will have. I will go down a rabbit hole with all of you on Tiger King. Wherever you want to go, totally conspiracy right theories. There, right down there. Right send down me there. whatever you got. I want to know more about these people because I am all in. Yeah, and that encourages people to go check out uh, our. I would call it revamped social media. The content has been pouring out specifically pouring. out of Twitter and um, and Instagram. We can't take credit for it. One day, maybe we'll be able to reveal who has done the man behind the curtain because it is a man right now doing all this. But it's not us. It's not us, <laughs> as you can probably tell because it's way better. <laughs> much, much improved. So thank you to that person immensely. Very much so. Um, okay. Pearl Jam. Last time you came out, the, we said that... Uh, it was the night before Pearl Jam was releasing. Releasing. I was very excited. I uh, bought the album uh, at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, when I woke up, it was the first thing I did because I couldn't make it till midnight. Um, we you, were texting like right before midnight. You didn't make it? No, I fell asleep. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I probably should go first because I've already told you my thoughts on You're right. it. So I, I, I have your I have your thoughts. So go. So I I originally was a three point five out of five. All right, I'm gonna pause. Like basically, if anyone wants good like uh sports business content like fast forward uh, five more minutes five more minutes yeah well, um, let, us, let us talk about the real important things in life this pearl is jam. very important I agree. Uh, because because pearl jam is associated with us and fenway it's fine um <laughs> so 3.5 out of 5 was my initial take because right. i thought there wasn't enough songs that i would want to listen to live uh or put on repeat yeah. But I listened to it a couple more times. I did a grocery store run and listened to the whole album again while I was in, at Wegmans doing the grocery store run. And I'm I'm up to a four. Uh, I found enough songs on the album to make it playable. I think it's way better than the last album. Really? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I no, didn't hate the last album as much as you did. I, didn't, I don't hate it. I just don't throw it. I like Mind Your Manners. I do like. I do like that live. Yeah. I don't love the rest of the album. Yeah, but there was enough songs and enough guitar solos on this one for me to be in, and I think Super Blood Wolf Moon is super catchy slash gets stuck in your head. Yeah, I agree um, with that. I am I am out on dance with clairvoyance. I, so, I can't. I skip over that song. I just really. I, 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 I have I, been getting. Uh, no, it's no. Been, it's been. I can't. It's just. It's odd to me. I. It just doesn't seem like Pearl Jam. I get what they were doing. I just nope. Um, I wish they did. I told. I texted you this. I wish they didn't come out with that one first. Then I, yeah, that then I ruined go, the. Whole, that oh, kind of set the weird tone. Album. It set a tone. It was a bad tone. Like I they should have come up with Super Blood Wolf Moon, uh, Quick Escape. Even Quick Escape was, might be my favorite song. So what's my favorite song? I can't a remember. Never I, Destination. Yeah, I love that song. I think that one rocks. That so one, that one's a great one too. That one's kind of um, 
uh, it's classic it's Pearl Jam. It's it's a good it's a good rock song. So I'm up to I'm up to a, a four out of five. All right, I can get with you about there. There's a song there that I don't like. Buckle up. Buckle up. It sounds. I was listening to it. Uh, so you know I don't like movies, as you know this. Yes. So one rainy day, my wife and my daughter went to go watch a Disney movie. I stayed upstairs to not keep the street going. Yeah, keep the street going. <laughs> right. I get it. So I listened to it like you know the album twice, and I was like listening to "Buckle Up." It's a lullaby. Buckle up. Yeah, no, it's like, not this great. Is, I was like, no. this is when you go get a beer at the concert, right? I, w- I was totally thinking that same thing. I get up. Uh, to go, uh, I'm out on that. The whole song. crowd will, by the way. There's no yeah, one to I, sit there I and listen to I am not that. in on Buckle Up. I'm looking at a whole thing of it right now. Um, I will also say this. I did get chills slash like this genuine smile on my face during the first song because it kind of has like this slow like uh, entryway yes. up to it. What's it, the name of the first song? I like that song. Whoever said. I like that song. I do too. It might be... One of the best opener songs uh, in a long time, right? Uh, an album opener song. It just kind of like built up and then just kind of rocked, right? So I really like that one. Seven o'clock is slower. Uh, it's long too. It's long. It's a long song, but it's actually a good. It feels to me a good rhythm. Like I like the song, right? You can't like. They're not all gonna be, you know. Uh, you know, go. No, that's kind of like they're. That's kinda like that kind of like their somewhat ballad, right? Seven o'clock on the hour. Yeah, right. So it's like a normal, you know, it's like a Pearl Jam concert, right? Pearl Jam concerts sometimes uh, they ebb and flow, right? There's you know real big rock songs and they play black, right? So um, I don't know. I give it. um, I don't know. I there's. I liked it. I didn't love it. I'm probably closer to your original one of about a three and a half. Okay. All right. No, I I, I understand because that's where I was. And I I kept listening to it. And I, the playback ability, and it's funny also. It sounded different on different. I I played it in the car. I played it in like headphones. And I played it on a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. And every single time it made me change my opinion on certain songs because of the sound quality. So I understand that. Which one did you like the best? Headphones? No, it was the Bluetooth speaker because I could crank it. Oh, got it. I can understand. Yep, I'm with you on that one. So, like, when I could turn it up and like let it play, and like it's a Bose, so it's a good, it's a good speaker. I was like, all right, this is um, I'm digging it more than I am on the headphones or like I don't want to blow my eardrums out with like yeah, Mike McCready's guitar. <laughs> some of the so some of the songs I love. There's a couple songs that are like okay, like I yeah no I get yeah I don't need to hear all these live. I don't need to hear all these live. Uh, then like I just can't get over how much I dislike Buckle Up. Yeah, it was a very anti Pearl Jam song. It just was Buckle like a, Up. Yeah, it, it was a it was a lullaby. It was a lullaby. It, it sounded to me. I feel like they're gonna play like that unplugged, and everyone's gonna get up and just go get a beer. I, uh, you know, um, I don't know. They. Uh, so I I really there's parts I like, and I'm always too pro uh too positive on this because i just really they're my favorite band right so like no matter what they do i love so um i don't know so a 3.5 is low then yeah it's i don't know i was thinking about you gotta rank all 11 of them um i mean we'll we'll see 
There's, I'll probably do that at some point. What's number one? For me, it's probably Vitology. Really? Yeah, I really like Vitology. See, see, 10 for me because it's probably the second or third album I ever owned. I uh, Pearl Jam 10 was the... I was right around there. It was like the second or third album I've ever owned. Uh, CD, CD first. I got a CD as yeah. A no, I, I, it was one of the Christmas ones I picked on the Columbia Records that you got. Like oh, I, Columbia, I, you got a thousand CDs for a buck or whatever. Yeah. No, Vitology is probably it's it's top four, but ten's number one for me. Ten, ten, I could just throw on and just yeah. Of course, everything is uh, ten. Ten is wonderful. Ten is wonderful, but I I, I just like. Really like Vitology. All right, everybody. All right. So we just clapped. We're so, done. Yeah, <laughs> We've right. got Tiger King. We got Pearl Jam out. We we, we got Tiger King and Pearl. Sixteen Jam out. minutes 16 in, we'll start minutes. talking about sports. All right. Um. So one of the things that with um you know it's going on is like I start feeling really bad. Some of my colleagues, some of yours, are like they're getting like not only this but in all industries like. The world's shutting down, and people are losing their jobs. And some are just, it's like, you shake your head, like, what are you doing? Do you need to do this? Is this the right time for that? Like, what is going on? Because there's some stuff I just, like, I struggle to wrap my head around with some of the teams and leagues that are like, all right, we're laying off half the staff. It was like, how do, what? I'm not sure I'm picking up that. I have so many thoughts on this, and I gonna bite my tongue for a lot of it just to so i don't get kicked out of our industry but i i agree that this is extremely impulsive by some of these leagues and teams and organizations specifically i would give way more of the onus on the big five call it uh to probably not have been so reactionary so quickly to lay off furlough or cut salaries of their employees within the first five weeks of some kind of blip on the radar. Considering the valuations of these teams, these leagues, the salaries of the players, it's all been built on the backs of the folks who work in this industry. And everybody who makes the argument, well, you wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the players. Understand that. These same type of players played 20, 30 years ago they didn't make the revenues they make now, and the teams weren't worth this. If we're going to talk about the rise of salaries versus inflation, comparatively, a number four starter in Major League Baseball makes like $15 million a year. Not $15 million. It makes like $15 million a year to be the number four starter. That was your contract in total 10 years ago. So I don't think people got 20x inflations in the red it's all because of the people who built this industry is why the revenues are so much higher why everybody's valuations are so much higher the los angeles clippers are worth 2.2 billion dollars they don't even own their own stadium right they just bought the forum they just bought the forum for like another 500 million dollars like yep. so and that, i don't think the clippers have done anything to their staff but just my example of like this is the valuations of these franchises so within the first six weeks of a crisis people are getting laid off who make fifty thousand dollars is the like are you kidding me yeah I, like that just sends a really and I, I know this is people that listen to this that just sends a really bad message to your people i wonder too, like i don't understand and maybe i'm just not smart enough but if i'm worth if i'm a team worth billions right even hundreds of millions of dollars 
you had probably a pretty low cost loan. Right? You get an interest free loan right now. Right. So to me, it just seems like I don't know. Uh, is it op- like what are is it all like we got to cut back so we're all going to do it or is it like um, they really need the cash? Like I look, I I, 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 I struggle get it. to wrap my head around it if um that large, right? Maybe I don't know that large business side, but like minor league team, I can minor understand, team, right? The, completely understand. Not enough, that, especially that hasn't started. The from a minor league side, you're you have the least amount of cash right before the season starts, right? So for minor league teams, you are paying a ton in like February and March because you're getting the season ready, right? You're buying concession inventory. You are uh, paying people to hang signs for you. You are putting all the money out so that come opening day, the revenue starts coming in, right? And the owners are typically of a minor league team are not billionaires. Maybe not even. Million. They might not even. They might not even. They're sometimes just barely millionaires. Right. So like, if they're millionaires and not billionaires, uh, I, I get. I get it. Right. And the revenues just aren't that much. Well, they also if they went to sell the team, they're not going to get a check for two billion dollars. We're like, if you go sell your NHL or NBA or NFL franchise, you're getting two to three billion dollars tomorrow. Yeah. And I also don't think if you take out the front office, like. Of the Red Sox' entire revenue, I, I wouldn't imagine. I wouldn't imagine. So maybe I'm wrong. Like, ten, like fifteen to twenty percent of our revenue of our expenses is full-time staff people. Yeah, that's not for us. I doubt that. For, right. I mean, I mean ours, it, the players, right? The players take, are probably take the, like take the players out of it, right? So well, like, then the, I, after the players, I mean, if you take out baseball operations, then the only real issue, I guess money that you do pay is the staff. I know, but I just felt like it was such a small piece of the expense side is my my point. Well, the good news is we're not talking about the Red Sox because the Red Sox haven't done this. Right, right. Um, and neither but, have the Paw Sox. We have great ownership. So this has nothing to do with anything. It's more about reading stories about how this is happening so quickly. And like I, I and like we talked about this, restaurants completely understand. Totally. Like businesses who have 50,000 employees understand. You're talking about hundreds of people here with front offices. In organizations that are worth billions, and also have and also have employees who make millions of dollars in terms of their, the players on the field or on the ice or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and like Lionel Messi and 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 they're they're we we talked about all these good stories like Lionel Messi and the and the team for Barcelona, all the players took a seventy percent pay cut, so the staff did not have to take a pay cut. That's wow, amazing. Good for them. That's amazing. And like you, you just hope that the players realize the reason they make so much money is not because of just out of thin air. It's because of the work of the people in the front office who have built this industry up to be billions and billions and billions of dollars. So it just rubs me the wrong way when I see in the first four to six weeks that teams are already laying people off or cutting salaries. It just it just sends, it just just makes me irritated because I've slept so many nights on concourses for Boy Scout sleepovers or huh. worked Christmases or Thanksgivings or didn't go home for holidays and worked all those nights just like you have to then like in the first time of like need, you're like, oh, sorry, see you later. And again, this hasn't happened to me personally yet, so I'm not making this about me. I'm just saying I feel for our brethren in this industry because it's got to be really deflating to have that happen. If there's no season and we're going lost for a long time, of course, there has to be hard decisions made. I'm just crazy. It's just crazy to me that this happened within four weeks. Yeah, it like, just seemed really quick. Quick, really quick. Yeah. And 
Especially when Unless, those games haven't even been officially been canceled, right? Like they haven't officially canceled those games yet. No, and yeah, they have they have not the, done that. So unless they know something that we don't, but I don't think they do because like every hour this shit changes. So yeah. like, how are you really? Know, what do you really know? Like, you there's really, a there's a ton of talk. There's a ton of talk about playing these games without fans, and the majority of money is everybody probably if you don't work in this business understands comes from television and that's why these games are so important is because of the broadcast deals that the leagues have is to fulfill the the games and play them on television so if all of a sudden the playoffs are still played behind closed doors the amount of money they'll make from tv is significant huge people are dying to watch something live on tv i know i'm dying so yes you'll take a hit on the concessions you'll take a hit on the ticket sales and i understand that that's a hit is it hit enough to like start laying people off before you even know what that hit is? I, I that's my problem. Like, yeah, it, it's it doesn't seem like we know the full extent of the problem yet, and it seems like there some teams not like I said, luckily not ours, are making just rash decisions. And from the outside, op- from the outside, opening day is scheduled. In, scheduled for today. Well, yes, that uh, yeah. Fen- I'm talking about for, so Fen- for baseball isn't weird. So like to your point, baseball hasn't played a game yet for the 2020 season. So yeah. we haven't generated a dollar of revenue that we can even assume that we're going to keep because you just don't know, right? The NHL and NBA played 85 percent of the season and are scheduled to open up again in October, which isn't that far away. So you've already started planning your off season for next year already. So like, I don't know. It just when Mark Cuban comes out and says, "Like, look, I'm not doing layoffs. Talk I'm paying about my people." Hero. That guy looks amazing, and what he's, he's done for his people. I mean, I would run through a brick wall for that guy. You think about was- that. Like, those people will never leave. That's culture, right? You'll never. Why would you ever leave? You're like, in my time of need, when I needed you most, you had my back, and you've. He's come out and said, like, how we treat people during this time will define us as a, as an industry moving forward, and that's so true. Like. He's got he, it right. He's got they, it absolutely They tell right. you, we tell you, and we preach on this podcast, when you go to work in sports, you're going to make a lot less money than you would in other industries, and you're going to work a lot more hours for the sacrifices you make. You just hope when you do all those sacrifices that the people at the at the other side of it have your back when something like this happens. Right. That's all my point is. <clears throat> and I just hope that teams, and I can't make it a blanket statement because you don't know everyone's financial situation or no owner's financial situations. I understand that. It just seems it's all happening way too quick in our industry. And it's, I hope it just takes a little bit of a slow down, relax, assess, and make the right decisions for the people that have made you all your money to begin with. Right. There, I also feel like I feel End of rant. End of yeah, rant. End, end of rant. Well we can uh, we can turn on from there. So can I say a couple of good things? Did you see what Sin Chu Chu did for I did all see the that. Texas Rangers? So there's a, about 190 players in a minor league system. He gave everybody a thousand bucks. Yep. Right. That's like a some people. It's given like what the federal salary. government's given right now. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing. Right. It, it was unbelievable. It's the same uh, as a stimulus check. Yeah. Right. Nice. Um, and the I also saw. Um, so what was the other thing that I saw? Um, anyway, all oh, this. So I got reached out to. I freaking love this. There was a, a sales associate from Harris Blitzer, and their role right now is to go out, talk to other sports executives, and expand their network. 
Oh, I'm get I I've gotten I've gotten outreach from folks in that same vein. Like I think this is a great segue into what folks who don't work currently in the industry or are looking to get a job should be doing 24/7 right it was, now. It, it was un, it was it was it was awesome. I saw that and I was like, "What? Great." So if that's um uh if that I'm look I'm pulling up the thing right now. Um he goes, um, hi, my name is Dan. I'm a sales associate for HBSE and the New Jersey Devils. While our office is currently working from home, we are trying to use this time to sharpen our skills and broaden our network. Are you available on Tuesday, anytime between blah, 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 to hop on a call? Amazing. It was like, that's, I wish I could just say, everyone who's listening, do that. Copy and paste and send to people that you want to connect with. I just thought that was freaking amazing, uh, and I'm definitely talking to the guy next Tuesday. I mean, that's that's what people should be doing. That's what people should be using this time to do. I have a call tomorrow with with folks actually in the same vein that I work in our industry or just networking. You and I have a, a huge network just because of where we went to college. Oh, speaking Inter- of that, I got a speaking big of- uh, I got a UMass date tomorrow. You do for what? I do. I'm speaking uh, with our good friend Brian Krinsman's, uh sports finance class about uh, some of the sports finance deals about ballparks with uh, Polar Park, with the two other ballparks that I've been a part of, uh, Warner Park in Omaha and uh, PNC Field in Scranton and uh, other financed and uh, all that good stuff. So I'm zooming into the class. Zoom has gotten more free publicity and PR and advertising by people just having to Zoom all day long. Oh, um, should we break the news what we're doing next week? What, what are we doing next week? Friday. We talked about it. We oh, about yes. It. I, never, I, I told you, I have quarantine brain right now. My you, mind I, my mind is shutting down. I'm on day 23 or 24, and I'm like, I need to have <laughs> go do something else. Something else. All right. So next Friday, Friday, the whatever day it is. Friday the 10th, Friday, April 10th, at 9 o'clock, we're going to do a Zoom. We'll get we're out the drink. information, the, the the link and everything, uh, where we're going to have beers and just, like, talk to people and tell stories and see what's going on. So 9 o'clock, Zoom. We'll get the link out on all our social media uh, for people to come out. We'll even we got to be careful because people are going to hack us and, 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 and infiltrate our Have you seen all those stories? I've uh, Actually, Amy said it happened to her at work. Did it really? Yeah. So now they put passwords on everything. So yeah, everyone's passwords password stuff. Yeah, we can't. Well, we're gonna put the password. We're gonna put it online for everyone to know what the password is. <laughs> yeah, right. Remember. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> the password is password. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four. Um, yeah. So we're gonna do that. Uh, uh, April tenth, nine o'clock. Zoom. Good Friday, baby. Good Friday. Yeah. Right. Right before that. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, have some beers, talk about what's going on and, uh, just see if that works. And, uh, that should be kind of fun, I think. Uh, well, it's another reason to drink. So I'm going to keep my streak going, which is 20, whatever, 20 days, 24 days I've been going. So <laughs> <laughs> might as well, might as well be on day 31. Uh, um, a- so, uh, speaking of discussion, we put out a question on Twitter. That's right. To ask what are you dealing with right now that we can help you maybe address? And Kyle Anderson, uh, Casey Ando 23 at Casey Ando 23 asked two questions. Um, the corporate community is shut down or too busy to even accept a call to thank them for their support and check in to make sure they're all right. 
we can address that one. And two, also junior hockey season tickets are a tough sell because the number one question is, how do you know there will be a season? Um, All right. Uh, so the junior hockey one, hey, I'll see if I know a guy that worked in the NHL coming out of a strike. That would be me. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. And NHL's big slogan back then was, we're back. <laughs> Who cares? Not good. Yeah, exactly. Was, who gives a shit? I heard many of that. It just hung up on me when I was calling for season tickets. Okay, so first one. The corporate community is shut down. Uh, that is true. But to I also... Point. To a point. So I have I have found more so recently... The, originally, I think it was a little bit more chaotic. I think now it's settled down a little bit. People have a little bit more free time. And I've had way more outbound interaction and calls with folks in the past week uh and have gotten way more response in regarding having people willing to have conversations about future because i think a lot of people are just looking to try and have some semblance of normalcy uh and also just change up their daily routine which has probably been coffee kids wine um so (laughs) sounds like a personal uh the way that your day's been going pretty accurate so um what I would say to Kyle is, first of all, there's also always the benefit of getting credit for the inviting the person to dinner even though they can't go. So if you reach out, and currently right now, anybody who is reaching out, cold calling would be, I'd still say, a little ill-advised. Right. I agree. Uh, um, you, when you mean cold calling, pick it up the phone and actually talking to them. To anybody you don't currently either have a relationship with or had already been talking to, I think that would be a really weird current outreach, just in my opinion. But what you should be doing is people that you were having dialogue with or already have an agreement with or partnerships with, 1,000% sending them empathetic notes of just like, look, understanding you are probably dealing with a lot of crazy stuff. We all are. We're here for you. We're ready to talk whenever you are. That person reads that note and it's all about what you can do for them is a way better way to get credit for having that reach out versus what about our season tickets? What about this? Just keep it strictly empathetic and just be very open about we're all facing challenges, but we're ready to talk when you are. Hope all is well, safe and healthy. Yeah, we're going to be flexible. We're going to work with you. Um, you That's it. Right, because you don't know anything right now, and that check in is is to your Kyle's question may or may not get a response, but it will definitely get read. And I think there'll be a time to follow up again when you're again just very tactfully say, "Hey, I'm sure you were crazy busy. Just want to make sure you got this." Again, just reiterating, we're here for you. Let us know however we can help. That's it, right? It's like you're just providing a solution. You're not selling. You're just being human. This is a whole situation. People are losing their jobs, revenue, rent, mortgage, the whole nine yards. Got to be empathetic. Totally. The, the second part is, look, nobody knows what's going to happen two hours from now, let alone six months from now. Will there be a season? There's a way to answer that question in a general sense, and there's a way to answer that question with like conviction. You will have junior hockey again. You will play again. You don't know when, and you're not going to pretend to know when, because that would be a lie, because we don't know those answers. In the same vein, nothing's going to change when you start in September 
or December other than the price. And that's the that's what you got to say is like, look, obviously, if there's a shorter season, a prorated season, the price changes. Nothing else changes. There'll still be hockey. There'll still be games. You can still come. There's no need to have all the information right now because there's not a business in this world, and that's not even being facetious, that can tell you what's going to happen in September. Yeah, no one has There's any. not one. There's nope. not one. So you can still have those conversations with the empathy, with the flexibility. Listen, just be a listener. Don't be pitching. Don't be selling. Just listen to them. Most people right now just want to talk and get shit off their chest and talk to humans. Just be that person who can sit there and listen. Yeah, and be... When you're going out and selling those tickets, at least if I'm selling for something that's in, in the winter, it's just you're calling just to make sure that they're all right. You're calling to say, hey, when are we thinking of planning these things? I even think that just calling right now and pitching is weird. I don't care when you're selling. Very weird. Thing. I, I just think it's tone deaf. Unless it's I get, requested by the person. Right. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Like I, I had a call today with Facebook for an hour, and they were very – in planning stages for Q4. So we were going through opportunities that we could present and think about now for Q4. But that wasn't like, we weren't calling them being like, hey, we need to talk to you about sales. Like they reached out to us and said, hey, stuff obviously has changed. What can we do? Can we have a regroup call? We sat on the phone. We sat on a video conference for an hour. Yeah. That's, that's the way, that's that's the way it should it. be. And you, but to be that annoying tone deaf person right now, that's going to hurt you way more in the long run and i think what we need to get people thinking about look the people looking for jobs because we can we can tackle that too in this during this talk the people looking for sales and and are are like what am i gonna do i'm not gonna make commission do not think about the next six weeks eight weeks 12 weeks think about the next six months 12 months and the people who are gonna be okay are the ones that will be sympathetic empathetic and not tone deaf to the situation because the people who rub people the wrong way and this turn, current climate, you're dead in the water. I like, agree. There's dead also, in the water. There's also, um, you know, in 2008, we were selling during the Great Recession and all that good stuff. I remember being very flexible, very lenient in regards to payments. We were at, I was at Rosenblatt Stadium, and we were very flexible on payments and very, like, Whatever you need, we'll take care of. And those people, once they got their feet back under them, whether it was 2010, 2011, they were right back there with us because of how well that we treated them. You might have lost them for a little bit. But if you weren't telling these people to go pound sand, we're all in this together. Everyone's hurting. Uh, And I think there's some lessons to be learned, though everything's different. Um, That is when you treat people great in their greatest time of need is how you'll be forever remembered. A hundred percent. So, because that's all that matters. Like at the end of the day, none of this matters without people being just human to each other. This is a, this is an unprecedented time. So look, as the Red Sox, we've had these conversations. We have them daily about partners and financials and businesses. Can you imagine if one of our partners and we start playing in a couple months calls us up and says, look, I couldn't have my doors open. I lost all revenue. I lost my employees. And we're like, well, you got a contract, pay us or we'll see you in court. Like, can you imagine us doing that? Yeah. Like that would that be gets out there too. And it's like, you know, you know, then it just starts bad juju for everything. For the, you just, that's just not being a good human. And then 
that's all you have to do during this time is just be a good human and like you gave you gave blood the other day that's a humane thing because you know you have type what you have typo or something like that i have the universal one so everyone can get it oh negative so you went and did something out of the goodness of your heart to make sure you were giving back and like that's all this situation really calls for at this moment is how do you help out your neighbor who might be struggling your partner the person who like love the hockey team but all of a sudden can't make those payments how you treat that person now will be they'll remember and it will pay off dividends dividends for you in the future guaranteed yes Yes. ask them how you can help if there's anything that they need be there um they could say we're having a food drive we're doing something you know what you're if you're selling tickets or you're doing whatever and go some of your partner is doing something that you're allowed to be six feet away or you're able to do that or they're doing some sort of you know maybe online you know raising money you need to be the biggest cheerleader there because they'll remember that they'll remember i forget that. where i heard this from but i i think oh actually no liverpool is doing this um they came up actually with a good idea and people can steal this idea so with this is with more of a partnership discussion but even for like people selling tickets People are sending certificates to folks, well, Liverpool is, saying, hey, obviously we're not playing now, but when we do, this is redeemable from when we all get back to normalcy, right? Like yeah. if you did that and sent a, a, a little certificate to someone and said, hey, guys, obviously the world's upside down. We wish we were playing baseball right now. We wish we were playing hockey right now. We're not. But when we are, you can come to a game on us. Like that would go so long in people's minds of being like that's really cool you're not calling them for money you're not call- you're giving them something you're literally giving them something that cost you nothing yeah um this past week um i was uh i had the ability to lead a call with the international league of all people who sold sponsorships for a living and just kind of talking through like what they're doing and how they're doing it and you know some of the problems that they're going through and just kind of solving it and what I learned from that call is we're all in the same boat, right? Everybody. We're all doing about the same thing. And in, for me, it was like uh, it just felt good to know that, like, what we're doing is right. And uh, it just uh, felt like you weren't the only person on the face of the earth or you weren't, like, you know, thinking through um, thinking through it the wrong way. Look, I, this might be – I might be wrong here, but I would imagine this will be the hardest, trickiest – situation the majority of folks will deal with in their careers yeah. um this, this this i mean things like this don't happen it doesn't have an end date it, it, it's just they just things like this don't happen and maybe they hopefully they don't happen more often but they just don't they've never happened in our lifetime so how you treat people now and how you react and how you navigate this will make you better on the back end if you can just be vigilant and empathetic and that just goes for everybody that you're dealing with, every your colleagues. There's like we're all like we just said, our colleagues in this industry are losing their jobs, which is I think a good transition to. Obviously, a lot of people are graduating in the next month, yeah. um, looking for sports jobs. My advice, and we talked about this I think last week, is you're just gonna have to be really, really patient. Because when this does kick on, it will kick on in a very, very quick way, and sports will be back with a vengeance because our industry will be much more recession proof than others and regarding people will want to get out of their house go to sports etc all you should be doing right now is what we talked about a couple minutes ago is networking on linkedin and getting those connections and building those relationships because 
there is a lot of people, and we posted on our Instagram, how many people in our industry are saying, have a question, reach out. Right. I'll talk to you. I'll We're going to have a freaking Zoom about it drinking beers. That's exactly right. So all you should Actually, be doing. I'm going to have a Manhattan, and then I'll teach everybody how to make them. Uh, stirred. Stirred. I got a, that's actually a good question. I wonder what I'm going to drink next week. We got some time to figure it out. I'll have to go to the liquor store before then because I might drink my house uh, At least dry. they're a, uh, uh, an essential business. And yes, they are essential. Um, not for a good reason, but they're essential. Uh, so that's what I would be doing right now. Look, I, I know you're graduating in a month. I know it feels like, oh my God, what am I doing? How's this ever going to work? This also Here- is separate. separate your time. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, interrupt because I'm going to go on a rant. Sep- uh, this is also a good time to separate yourself, right? Like we, I'll, I'll put this out there right now. We have uh, frontofficefeatures.com. Frontofficefeatures.com. We are always looking for guest bloggers. What are you going through, right? Because writing it, talking about it, going through it together. Because there's um, other people that are doing the same damn thing, right? They have the same issues that you're doing. Write about it, blog about it, and then you get a blog about it that you get to go post and other people get to see it. You can use this as a part of your resume. This is a good time to separate yourself. Amen. Do it. Amen. Amen. I, I, I completely agree. And I think just building those relationships and, again, being empathetic, sympathetic. Uh, our, our good friend, um, we use him a lot. We'll probably start paying him. Michael Scott was sharing with me emails that he's been talking to scouts. Scouts right now, there's there's nothing to scout, right? They're right. not scout. They're not scouting anything. There's no games. He's been reaching out to the player development departments who have given him feedback. But he's we him and I helped and worked and crafted an email of like how to present it of like understanding they're probably stressed out, trying to figure out how they're going to do a draft in a month or two months for baseball. But it's just there's there's opportunities to be had and holes to be filled. To not just sit on the sidelines right now. This is the time where you can absolutely separate yourself. To your point, cool. It's uh, I think after the first sixteen minutes of um, you know, uh, Pearl Jam and Tiger. I think we talk, provided some. I, provided I think we actually some value. provided some uh, valuable content tonight. I think so. Hey, we um, do, when don't we? By the way, it's our podcast, so if you can do like whatever the, the hell we want to. Tiger I King. found the first 16 minutes extremely valuable because I love Tiger King and Pearl Jam's the greatest rock band of all time. Change my mind, embrace the bait. I who who's going to throw out a different band? If so, I don't care. I don't have to even acknowledge that because <laughs> it's our. You're no longer podcast. a front office uh, features listener, right? Um, so um, we do have a couple interviews coming up. Um, Eric uh, Elliot, I'm sorry. Elliot Critchfield, uh, who is, uh, uh, runs membership sales for the Denver Nuggets um, and has a giant LinkedIn following. I'm anxious to talk to him. Um, and also a uh, military veteran. Um, so I'm anxious to talk through him about uh, how that transition went and um, how that's all. And Cronky, uh, Cronky's Matt, they're like an FSG. They're massive. Huge. Just like so the same stuff. thing with uh, Monumental Sports. They're all yep. kind of in that same kind of model. Um, so I'm anxious to talk with Elliot. Um, by the way, we met him through uh, Instagram. And, we did. Um, and we, we got a big fish coming up. He Your is bo- a big fish. He's I, 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 Your he's boss. The, he's the kahuna. He's, he's my boss. I can't be on that interview, though. I haven't even told you this. <laughs> no, you have not. I, was... I have a I have a company-wide, mandatory, all-hands meeting at the exact same time as that 11 as that 
So how the hell does Sam can do it? Because he's Red Sox. He's it's FSM. It's the it's yeah. He he he's not on our. He's not on that. Sam doesn't come to those meetings. Gotcha. Well, Sam will be doing something way more important. We might so have to anyway, change the time. I, I, I'd love to talk to Sam again. I I I would. I think we should maybe move. I'll talk to Jamie. We'll move the time. Jamie and I are tight. We'll move the we'll move the time. Fine. Sam Kennedy. President and CEO of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, he's he's been a very uh, busy man right now. For the fact that he wants to be on this podcast, I am floored and thrilled. I remember sending an email and be like, "That guy's kind of busy right now. He's leading some discussions with." He's literally like, like the yeah. the Red Sox are literally leading the discussions on how to act sponsorship sales, how to, we're going to work on like prorated, like all this stuff. Like he is the forefront. He's on the he's on the comp- He's the head of the competition committee. Like Sam is a. Busy, 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 busy. Yeah, and Sam said, you know what? Those Rob Crane, Chris Valente guys, I got an hour for him. If I keep, I just keep generating him revenue. He'll, he'll, he'll probably talk to me whenever. Yeah, he'll do whatever you want. He'll do whatever you want. Uh, that Valente guy's been uh, very, very good to him. On fire lately. But, you know, it doesn't, it did, who knows if it even matters anymore. <laughs> just... yeah. Anyway, we're excited to get Sam. That'll be in a couple weeks. Um, and anytime you get the past uh, the CEO emeritus of the Red Sox and the current CEO, pretty good thing. Not a bad thing. Not a, not a bad thing. So um, for that, uh, I think I've talked about what I wanted to, which is mainly Pearl Jam. We've, I mean, the fact that we've knocked off 48 minutes, 50 minutes, and sports aren't even being played right now, I find extremely impressive. We are so full of shit. I, I would I give us a round minutes. of applause. I, I, I mean, <laughs> we just made it fifty minutes, and sports haven't been played in six weeks. So you know, I think and provided some good value. I think so. I think, and maybe the I'm sure there'll be more news between now and next time we talk. All right, before we blow it, um, if we haven't already, uh, let's end it, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Later. Later.